Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with International Justice Mission. Thank you to Philip Calvert and his team for the incredible work they do to bring awareness to the global problem of modern-day slavery. I'm proud to share with my audience that I have formalized my relationship with IGMs for becoming one of their Canadian ambassadors. Why? Because I believe we can end slavery in our lifetime, and I want to use my platform to be part of that mission. For many of you, hearing that statement may be a rallying cry. For the rest, it may be a moment of, wait, what? Slavery? Is that even a thing? For me, up to 12 to 18 months ago, it was the second. I did not even understand the problem or that it existed at the scale that it does. Currently, there are over 40 million people affected by modern-day slavery. 40 million people. After a chance meeting with Philip Calvert, National Director of Development for IGM Canada, my eyes were opened to the reality that poor people face the world over, a reality of violence that stops them from ever moving forward in their life. At first, this made me uncomfortable. Then it made me downright mad. But then it gave me hope. It is support of groups like IGM that will allow us to reach the goal of any slavery in our lifetime and give hope to people who may have none. I know this can be an uncomfortable conversation, and that is okay. That's why we're going to go on this journey together. Stay tuned as we host guests from IGM who will help educate us, as well as upcoming events that where we can meet the amazing people that make the work they do a reality. Please join me in supporting this incredible organization by visiting and donating to their cause at www.igm.ca. We will only succeed in any slavery in our lifetime if we work together to make a difference. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to Samantha Yovanovich. How are you, Samantha? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I am so good. Thank you for coming on. You and I connected, I don't know, months and months ago. This the, the way, the way, uh, what part of what I love about Calgary, the biggest small town ever. One introduction <laughs> leads to another, leads to another. You are the executive director at Start Alberta. So I'm going to go right there and let, what is a Start Alberta? Let's set the stage for our audience and then we'll get into it. Yeah, Start Alberta is a not-for-profit organization and it was brought to fruition through the foresight of three founding partners, Alberta Enterprise Corporation, the A100, and the Venture Capital Association of Alberta. And those three organizations came together and brought Start Alberta to existence. What's your, how, like, when's your birthday? <laughs> how long, how old is Start Alberta? <laughs> we just turned a year old at the end of June. Um, so we're fairly young, we're new to the scene, but we're ambitious and are doing good things. Awesome. So happy, happy belated birthday. I knew you guys were fairly young, but you're not saying weeks anymore. You're not saying months. Like, you know, isn't that that, the puppy owner or the parent? (laughs) 16 months. When do you say a year and a half? I'm not sure. I've never, I'm not sure what the rules are on that. One year old, AG, again, all organizations, I think most of us are familiar with in the ecosystem. What was the gap? What was the miss? What was the, we need something to solve the X problem? What was the main reason for those organizations to bring this to being? Yeah, we so the we brought transparency. So Start Alberta brought transparency to the total number of startups and scale-ups in the province. So prior to the existence of Start Alberta, um, we had an estimate or we had guesstimates of how many <laughs> of these organizations existed in the province. Now with the Start Alberta platform powered by Dealroom, we can get to a um, we can finesse uh, how many, not only how many we have, but we can get to a very granular level of how many we have that are five employees at size or a hundred employees at size. And if I were to do, um, if I'm interested in finding out more information for 
preliminary due diligence, for example, I could look at their employee sizes, I can look at their revenue ranges, I can look at comparable uh, companies in similar spaces. So it gives us visibility to shed light on an industry that was previously quite opaque. Mm, okay, I love it. So quintessentially, you built the dashboard that was missing. Is that an over? Is that an easy? Is that an accurate oversimplification? <laughs> yeah, we brought the dashboard to Alberta um, okay. that was missing. Uh, no, I'm going to weigh on the weeds. Who's who's? How do we how do we know it's accurate? Like, where's the where's the data? Where's it pulling from? Is this manually entered? Is it pulling from a bunch of different, you know, provincial databases? Just how how does it stay stay current? Because that feels like could be like chasing cats to try to get this data <laughs> organized. Yeah, it's powered by an algorithm which is created by Dealroom, but ultimately it's a combination of both. So it's a combination okay. of the team performing FAMs, Friday afternoon meetings, Monday afternoon meetings to scrub data, but then we're also we're, we're supplemented by a algorithm from Dealroom that's becoming increasingly stronger, plus their team that consistently works with us to scrub data. Um, so it's a system of web scrapers and crawlers, manually powered team, plus um, just good hygiene of checking the data on a routine basis. Give me a new acronym, FAMS and MAMS. I didn't, I didn't know this. this Friday afternoon meeting, one <laughs> yeah, yeah. afternoon meeting. So many acronyms. Uh, just curious, a little bit. Like, obviously, only a year old. You, how did you, how did you end up? How did you end up in the role that, that that you came to? Was this an area that you were playing in? Something you're personally really passionate in? Just, I'm always curious people's whys a little bit, especially when you're something like this, which was probably a fairly like, yeah, I get why we need it, but all right, this is a fairly real undertaking to get this accurate and men being able to add value to so mm. many different stakeholder groups, which is, we'll talk about that in a bit. <laughs> Accidentally, <laughs> as, as <with laughs> right on, right on. Great opportunities, um, but accidentally, and then in hindsight, I can see how it led to this role. Um, but I, I maybe we'll rewind a little bit. At most five years, I moved back to Calgary after spending time in um, California, where I had exposure to startups and scale ups. We were my role was to um, facilitate introductions and facilitate equity investments to startups and scale-ups, particularly in the clean tech industry, and then moved back to Calgary and was looking for my foray into our local tech scene and received a call from a recruiter and spent two years at the uh, Opportunity Calgary Investment Fund, where um, a lot of the deals that were across my desk were those um, entrepreneurial support organizations that we see today that are making strides, right? Like, I know you had Brenda on here from Alberta IoT, mm-hmm. Plug and Play, 500 Global. Um, the, the list goes on and on. <laughs> but um, Well, this is a part of the challenge, right? There is so many. And I think that's like, I've talked to so many people. They're like, I don't know where to go and where do I turn? And who do I call? Yeah. Because I do love, there's been such a groundswell of, of organizations like you're talking about. And, you know, people like Brenda that took that from nothing to being what Albert IoT is today. Yeah. I have Lindsay on from Plug and Play. And, yeah. um, you know, understanding how many different elements there are, which for somebody, and we'll talk about even you just moving back to Alberta, it can be kind of overwhelming when you don't know where to turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we heard that. Um, and as a, as a quasi-policymaker making funding decisions, uh, one thing that I was left begging for more was data. How how do I understand how many startups and scale-ups we have to under things, understand things like ratios that gave rise to funding gaps? And uh, mm-hmm. I just so happened to find the Start Alberta data platform, which launched 
um, right around the time that we were making these big funding decisions. Um, and so, <laughs> and received a phone call that said, you know, here's this, we're trying to get this off the ground and understanding the pain points that, that me and my team were in of um, making data-driven decisions. This felt like a, a no-brainer to take the the wheel and really lead the organization. Fantastic. So a little bit curious, um, you're down, in, you're down in the Valley, you were, you know, in, in the, you said focusing very much on clean tech, you came back to Alberta. I always love to get a bit of perception of kind of where we sit against the world and, you know, where, where we reference, cause you know, you live in your own little thought bubble and you see your own walls coming back for, coming from a market like that, which is much more advanced and obviously legendary in terms of where they are from a startup ecosystem and the, and the names that have come out of there coming back to Calgary where you're like, Whoa, what's going on here? Or was it more, and maybe there was a little bit of both. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Or was it like, wow, I'm pretty excited. This is early, but I see the opportunity. And what was your little bit, your experience coming back to Calgary, looking to maybe can kind of pick up where you left off or, or to have impact based on the experience you had working down in California? Both, but primarily opportunity. Okay. I primarily saw a lot of opportunity to um, infiltrate, influence, um, bring organizations in, cause disruptive change based on some of the observations I made and, and what I knew was evidently going to happen for Calgary and Alberta just um, to emulate some of some of what I've seen in other ecosystems. And um, so mostly opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and a chance to create what's next for Alberta. That's exciting. Uh, I love it. And it, again, half glass half empty, glass half full. It feels like you're looking for the, the glass half full. Totally. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, the, the set of goggles you bring, the, the filters you bring to that situation is often what you see. Um, anything that you've seen over the last few years that was maybe things that are holding us back or beliefs or understanding and, you know, things have changed a lot since obviously COVID was a catalyst. There's so many different things. Even when mm -hmm. I started this, you, you, I think I started this podcast kind of the same time you kind of got into the ecosystem 2019. I think that's yeah. when I launched my first show. The conversations I'm having have changed so much. It mm -hmm. felt so limited. It felt like it was these little pockets, but these pockets are now overlapping each other and they're touching and it, there's just been growth and so much more of the, like the people that believed it always believed it. There just seems to be more people on the bandwagon now. And that's maybe just the passage of time anything that you saw specifically where you're like wow this fragmentation is really holding us back or this belief that that's not what we do here we're an energy economy was there anything specifically you that you saw when you got here that maybe you, is kind of just disappeared or dissipated certainly over the last three years um That's a great question, Tyler. I think um, we we see this a lot with so the State School of Advanced Digital Technology is doing. They're making strides in um, helping shape the employee of tomorrow, the future of tomorrow, um, the job of tomorrow. Right, and so with that, um, which Sabrina and Jim are doing a great job of, is um, really bankrupting, breaking the idea of fixed mindset versus flexible mindset. And you'll hear Pat Lore talk about this too. Um, so there are two things that are, that I'm noticing have changed. And that is the fluidity of conversations and the receptivity to operating in the unknown and the fuzzy front end, right? Um, that is 
a, a term I borrow from Sabrina um, at SAIT. And so the job of tomorrow, the company of tomorrow, the startup of tomorrow doesn't, or today, doesn't have all of the answers, but those behind the scene or those who are creating those companies are willing to and able to nimbly stretch their um, thinking to give way to something that hasn't previously existed. So all of that sounds very nebulous, but when it comes down to um, how we work, that it has given rise to a completely different mentality. And I'm starting to see that mentality infiltrate everyone who I work with. Um, so our, our values, we spent a lot of time talking about our finessing our values at Start Alberta. And one of the important ones is to prioritize progress over perfection. So in an industry that is frequently changing at a pace that we may not have seen before, whether that's a, a tech stack that's changing or, you know, geopolitical macroeconomic things that are also at flux. That means that the way that my team and I work together, we may have thought on Monday that we were going in one direction and come Wednesday, we will go, okay, let's pause that and test something else and then come back to where we were on Monday. And that requires a certain flexibility that I'm starting to see increasingly more of at every level. And was that something that was just the way it was when you were down in California or like, is that just a phenomenon of a more maturing ecosystem or are we just having our version of, of, of that, of, of that journey? Well, I don't know if it's isolated to ecosystems. I think, you know, macroeconomically speaking, the world, the world at large. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. <laughs> the world at large has changed and, you know, we've had to become really nimble with, nope, shut down Monday. Nope kidding cut down Tuesday um, it is true. that's very true that's very true mm -hmm. yeah and it is something that um, I, I can't say that it you know is a carry forward from California to Alberta but it's uh, something that I've I've been experiencing more and more of in my career no, and I think you're right. There's so much of the world and things that were happening. COVID was such an accelerator because it just flipped everything on its head. It's like, well, mm -hmm. we were kind of heading that direction. It was going to take 10 years, but oh, it took, it was some, some cases it took 48 hours. Our team could never work remote. Boom. You know, leave Friday, work on Monday and everything's fine. Well, that was impossible a week ago, but now it's certainly viable and actually productive. So on so many, on so many examples, just the world of work, how, you know, you can't turn on the radio and there's a conversation about, you know, the, are we remote and like what, you know, all those things that were, I think in Alberta specifically, or a lot of my friends in the energy sector, those were non-negotiables that became on the table and acceptable really fast. And that's just one little tiny sliver of a snapshot about some, about an element of work, right? Or element of how yeah. we create value create value or drive, or drive change. So as an organization thinking about, you know, the programming and everything that you guys are offering, we'll get into that because I really want, again, before meeting you, I'd never heard of it, which is also why I do the show to make sure I, I bump into as many things as I can. So when you're thinking about a lot of what you just talked about, is that a reflection in terms of the type of programming? I know you guys have speakers, you have like, talk to us a little bit about the services that you provide and why you provide them in the way that they're going to, you know, continue to have positive impact. Yeah, I, well, our, our purpose is to provide data 
and we provide data on the tech industry to inform entrepreneurs, investors, and policymaker decisions. So okay. our mission is to be the source of facts on the tech ecosystem. And facts, the, the vision there is that once provided with those facts, then our three stakeholder groups, entrepreneurs, investors, and policymakers can make their next big move. So I've been in the yeah. shoes of making that next big move um, of allocating funding and um, the data provides that. Now we said we weren't going to provide any services in addition to reporting, quarterly briefs, year-end reports in order to uh, help tech go mainstream in Alberta. But we spent a good amount of time just speaking to founders. Um, so I spoke to just about a hundred of them when I first came into the role and supplemented those conversations with data in the Start Alberta DealFlow platform. And on that platform, what I observed is that 35% of our total number of companies, startups and scale-ups in the province had received some form of equity investment um, okay. at the pre-series A level. So I observed that the data and the conversations with founders told me that there was an opportunity to help our founders move rightward along the funding continuum into later stages. But, you know, how, how do we leapfrog across some of those experiences that others have done, which gave <clears throat> rise to the Start to Exit series um, to bring in speakers who can, in panel discussions, highlight the various junctures, decisions, typical processes involved at various stages for moving, you know, your earliest angel investors all the way to your exit from, you know, PEs and uh, really late stage VC investors. So um, back to the mission, we provide the data. You can see a quarterly brief coming up at the end of September and a quarterly cadence thereafter in a year-end report. And we said, we're not doing this unless we can provide something really unique um, that will help the ecosystem continue, continue to evolve. I like the early stage because so much of what you just explained, you kind of almost had to learn it the hard way or lucky enough to have a mentor or someone that you can go, oh yeah, I've stepped on that landmine, don't step there kind of mindset. And I've chatted right. with a lot of startup founders, probably in the first year of the podcast where they're like, I can find money, but I don't need money. I need expertise. I need someone mm -hmm. who can tell me what to do next or provide the right introduction. And you're like, not to minimize that, oh, money grows on trees, but money's one thing knowledge, expertise, relationships, the next step, how do you plan for the, the five years from now when you're taking that first dollar today? That's what I certainly heard. I don't hear that as much anymore as it's starting to feel like it's filling in around. And mm -hmm. your, you know, your start to exit series, I love it because you're educating people on something that normally they would have quote unquote had to learn the hard way. Mm, <laughs> and, right. and that could be, and learning the hard way can be expensive for everybody. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have a speakers? I'm assuming you're pulling speakers in from all like outside of Alberta, all over the place. Like a, you, you and I chatted a little bit before we got online of making sure you're providing also different voices, which I think is really important. You, you start following the same four people and you get into their thought track where there's lots of perspectives out there. How much of your role or how much of that is critical to just bringing in as many fresh, fresh perspectives as possible into our province? Uh, yeah, where we can, we'd like to. Um, the it's, I've certainly learned that an and approach is usually the um, the solution, and so what we're looking for is a hybrid solution or a hybrid um, 
hybrid meeting of local and internationals to come and speak. And so we've got, we want to just shake it up and bring in some, some well-recognized and in their own right, very respectable and um, entrepreneurs who have been there, done that, and who have um, multiple roles in the innovation ecosystem, bringing them in as moderators and bringing them in as um, panelists themselves. But uh, also looking, you know, south of the border into other provinces of who else could we learn from? Who else could we um, bring in as a panelist or speaker to to provide some fresh, pragmatic perspectives? Which I appreciate. So learning from the, the world, the, the world without borders that we, that we live in. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, you know, and I've had other guests on, you mentioned, you know, Jim and Serena, I talked to Jim. Jim was the first one that really kind of hit me with, you know, democratization of, of access and like not, uh, not leaving a generation of, of people, just humans in general behind as this, this world of tech and, and, and just how that moves forward, not only from building companies, but jobs, the world that surround us, you mentioned, you know, the, the pace of change, how much of this program or how much of your programming is designed to help make people feel like they can get a window in. And sometimes it's always easy to feel something's inclusive once you're, once you're included, but yeah. when you're on the outside looking in, how much of that is a factor for you guys as, you know, as an organization, and even just your own view of how critical that is as Alberta shifts and changes, you know, our economy in a, in a different, I won't say better or worse. I think I'm, I have a bias to better, a different, more dynamic future where there is a risk that people get left out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a huge driver. So, um, the, I think most of us have a feeling of closeness to the agriculture industry in Alberta, to the industrials, to the oil and gas industry, um, and driven by, you know, the what we talked about a little bit, our big, hairy, audacious goal of trying to get to 45,000 tech jobs in um, Calgary by the end of 2031 that means that we can bring the tech industry a little bit closer and provide ubiquitous access to um the players to the mindset to the opportunities um so similar to how the start alberta deal flow platform is open to anyone it's free anyone can take a look at you know who their next employer might be who is structuring fintech in the newest possible way. We also wanted to give an opportunity to the public at large to um, start accessing content, messaging, thinking, panel conversations to really anyone. It's an open door. Mm. The startup employees wheel is still spinning on my dashboard. I'm waiting for it to come up. Where are we at now? So back to you. I love that you're 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 a data person. You guys are really focusing on that. At forty five thousand by twenty thirty one, where are we now in, in Alberta? What's our what's our tech job count now? In terms of jobs, uh, I'd have to get back to you that on okay, that. Okay, I'm time. putting you on the I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> but what I can give you right away <laughs> like, is damn like, you, damn you, Tyler, for asking me a pointed question like actually, that. Actually, <laughs> I will follow up because that will um will we plan to do a social media post about how we're trending towards those jobs. But one nice. of the goals is that um, you know we segment the. Uh, total number of startups and scale-ups from what I call extra small startups of one to five employees all the way to extra large startups, which is 500 plus employees. And so if you wanted to take a look at, okay, how are we trending towards our goal of 1,307 startups by 2026, you'll see that we're about halfway, halfway there. Yeah, so nice. we're at about the 500 startup mark. And then 
the data platform will easily allow you to check um, the employee ranges that you're interested in. So then you can see how we're trending towards that goal. Uh, well, yeah. Tw- okay. Alberta 2011 verified startup, 65 VC yeah. investors, 23,000 startup employees um, are specifically kind of overall. And I'm clicking on Calgary. 16,000 startup employees in Calgary specifically. This is great. You can really dig in here. This is okay. This is a rabbit hole. I'm going to park or I'm going to be start getting distracted while I'm talking to you. Going. <laughs> For sure. um, now, more importantly, what have you, what have you seen? Like, what are the trends that are getting you excited? Is it funding trends? Is it just like, you know, you and I joked before, like a lot of these Venn diagrams, they're starting to feel like they're overlapping a bit more. It used to be like, oh, there was a circle over here and a circle over there and they weren't together. I'm feeling personally that I'm seeing more overlap. What are some of the things, you know, quantitative or qualitative that you're, that you've seen since you've been in the role in terms of where things are moving? And it could be negatives as well, but more, we'll start with the positives. Any of the trends or the changes that you're seeing that are really critical? some optimism for you, you know, individually, but also at an organizational level, like, okay, yes, we are on, we're moving in the right direction. What are some of the, uh, you know, the green lights that have really been shining for you even the last like year and a half? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we look most recently, I mean, I, we got a little curious and said, okay, it's September one, let's see how the summer unfolded. Yeah. And so we looked at the data set from June, July, August, and in, and I observed some, some changes from the summer of 2021 to the summer of 2022. Okay. So what I observed there, and we posted this on LinkedIn is usually the best source as well as our Instagram and Twitter accounts to find where we're posting on bi- no, bi- <laughs> uh, twice a week where we're posting yeah. data insights, right? In bite-sized amounts. So an interesting observation was that from June 1st to August 31st, Alberta founders transacted 31 deals. And so, okay, what does 31 mean? Not much unless it's in context to something else. So cumulatively deal flow is up 51% from 92 million in 2021 to 139 million. That's just over the summer months. And that is, is that, is that the same number of deals, bigger deals? Yeah, you're right. Until you start slicing it apart, it just is a number. Was the same amount of deals, give or take, or was it less or more or like to get that bigger number? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's really interesting is that the total number of deals is down from 46 to 31. But okay. what we're seeing is that that rightward movement of funding um, composition. So in 2021, we had 70% of the deals at the very earliest stages and in 2022, that's 55% of the deals that are at the earliest stages. So we're seeing a right word movement along that continuum. So last year, Series A gotcha. took, yeah, yeah, it start, it's starting to move rightward. So Series A took 10%. This summer, we're seeing that Series A early VC made up 25% of total cumulative deal flow. So that 100%. is a short-term observation, which is fantastic. Um, and... Um, that's, that's something that, you know, I see all the movement, you, people like you and I have conversations. And then when we look at the data, we really see that solidified in, in terms of what the numbers are saying. Um, we have, like I mentioned, our keystone sponsors are ATP Financial, um, and the State School of Advanced Digital Technology, and just the caliber of conversations that we're having about the strategic importance of the tech industry, mm-hmm. um, and what that industry and that subsegment offers for Alberta's diversification gives me um, a great amount of reassurance and confidence that we're moving in the right direction. 
Um, and of course, you know, we've talked, we touched on this a little bit, but just the quality of local and um, international entrepreneurial support ex- uh, organizations that not only are here, but we're starting to see the output on the mm. back end um, in the form of <clears throat> funding that's come through um, and a lot that's happening behind the scenes, right? Gives me great confidence that we're well on our way to economic diversification through this industry subsegment. And that's every little snippet I'm hearing is 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 informing that bias. I'm like, yeah, I think we're moving in the right direction. I think it's a lot better yeah. than it was two years ago. I'm curious, and this is maybe out of left field question, but any thoughts on some of the startups that are being left out of this conversation? And the reason I ask, and I will, I will, I had a conversation last week um, with Ted Fleming from Partake Brewing, and they just closed. They're the fastest growing non-alcoholic um, beer company in their segment in North America. And they just closed their, they closed their series A at the start of COVID for 4 million. And they just closed their series B for 21 million in, in recent, like in the last months or so, uh, all out of the U S funded. And, but that's not getting included in these numbers because he's like, we're not tech, we're food and beverage, not that sexy, but he goes, it's working any, you know, concerns or thoughts. And I, I, I get it that this is what you're focusing on. But when you think about a startup ecosystem, that's just diversifying and changing our stars by having different companies set up here, is there any gap or any risk of just hyper-focusing on tech or is that just the lane you guys are in? Mm-hmm. Sorry, there's like seven questions I just asked you once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 the purview through which we look at things is, are these venture-backable businesses? And we are having, um, as Partake Brewing has demonstrated, they indeed are, right? And so have they, they've got their own successes and we wish to celebrate those and happy to do that. Um, and so they're, the, the, I think the definition of what is a venture backable business is is always being stretched and changed and we'll learn from we'll hear about that on during the start alberta start to exit series from a number of vcs and silicon valley bank will come and chat about that um so we don't wish to omit anyone let's just we, we look at things through what is venture backable and highly, highly scalable to, you know, not only give investors the return that they're looking for, but help us um, reach heights um, that we typically see through businesses like those. I appreciate just the filter of, you know, venture backable businesses and what does that mean? And yes, tech does have an inherent scalability and, and you know, it has some criteria or some characteristics that lend well to that, but it doesn't mean it doesn't apply into other sectors. And I'm just curious because obviously the tech, the tech scene in Alberta is the, is the majority of the conversations I have. It's part of why I was excited to have Ted on and to go, oh, let's talk mm-hmm. about food and beverage. I don't think I've had of 300 episodes. I've had anyone come on, talk about food or beverage. <laughs> you know, as I was like, oh, so there was even a gap in my own content of like, hey, there's something else going on here that would be cool to know about that maybe isn't getting, certainly hasn't been on my radar compared to the amount of companies I've had on talking about different technologies, clean tech, fintech, you know, pick the app, pick, pick the, the acronym and then bolt tech to it. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I've grown up in the food and beverage industry since little, little. So I understand everything that goes into it and I'm always excited to see the great waves that they're making. I'm yeah. Any, any positive stories about something happened in Alberta that makes people go, Oh wow, that's happening here. You know, and I know that one's on the edge of ag and even kind of our our market that way, but I I still thought I was excited. And, and both of those ventures were coming out of uh, investors were out of the U S so with the, with the dollars you're seeing coming into Alberta based companies, 
are are we getting any better? Sorry, and I, that's my own filter that I think is something we can get better at is local money investing locally versus money coming in from other parts of the world, which I'm fine with, I, you know, as long as they don't grab our startups and take them with them when they go back to wherever, <laughs> wherever they come from the exodus that might go with that. Are you, what, what are you seeing in terms of trends around where the money's coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mix, right? Like the, I think that there, every ecosystem sees itself as, you know, the Alberta ecosystem or the Vancouver ecosystem. And thankfully with the start Alberta deal flow platform within a couple of emails, I can talk to anyone who is a customer of deal room as well. So I've had conversations with Sweden. Mm. I've had conversations with Vienna. I've had conversations with Portugal. There've been five other geographies we've spoken to. And, and the, thinking often is, you know, defining oneself within that particular perimeter of the province or city or country even. Um, And so I think that an important message that I'm hearing consistently across all ecosystems is that uh, local investors are becoming increasingly more aware of a little bit of FOMO that can be created. <laughs> That's powerful. Yeah. When when <laughs> foreign uh, investors are looking to their own innovation ecosystems for deal flow, and I don't think Alberta is any unique in that sense, and that we're we are ambitiously our local investors are looking for deal flow, but so are internationals. Okay. And sometimes yeah. maybe they're more comfortable with what you started off, which is the fixed versus flexible mindset of there may be a little, they, they've had successes in environments where the five-year roadmap only lasted a few weeks until we figured out their next iteration, where I've heard from some of Alberta investors is like, well, it's just new to us and we're not necessarily comfortable because, you know, yes, drilling holes in the ground to find a magic fluid is risky, but we're used to it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's a lot to be said of just what you're comfortable with, right? You can normalize anything after you do it enough times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 right. The recency of this industry subsegment, there have been many founders who have been at it for a really long time, right? Mm-hmm. And we see that through, um, you know, of course, the, the stories and the success stories that you know of, right? Benevity, Solium, Cement is on that journey, right? But they've been at it for a really long time, and just yeah. now, perhaps well, everyone loves the, the twenty the twenty year overnight success, right? right. <laughs> 20, oh my god, exactly. I, you guys are so amazing! You're like, wow, you weren't there when I was living in my car. Like that's the joke we've all heard so many times. You right. you, you weren't you weren't raining me, showering me with praise five years ago when when everyone told me this was the dumbest idea ever. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. You, you hear those stories frequently. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and. Um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit there, but what I wanted to mention is that the Startup Order Deal Flow platform, of course, I'm, I'm biased, but if there is an investor who is looking to become more familiarized with the groundswell and, you know, the critical mass of startups and scale-ups across different technology horizontals and industry verticals, it's within two to three clicks, easily available. Um, and I, I think that that a lot of what gets me excited and out of out of bed in the morning is that we have this opportunity to have this go mainstream. This is, you know, we it's at anyone's disposal to find out more. No, the, you could spend all day on here, the rabbit yeah. hole. And like, there's names I recognize from Verge to Neo and some of the more popular and oh, Kid Doodle. And yeah, sorry, I'm going down here. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, I should call this person. I haven't had this person on. I know even for myself totally. going down here, there's a great like 
I could just book my next three years of guests just off the list here under underneath who's done the, the their last rounds. And it yeah. also, I love, because it gives you the little like description underneath. You're like, wow, there's so, it gives you a little idea about the different rabbit holes that are also being explored from kids TV to dog walking to shipping to, you know, again, I'm not going to read off the list. You, we, we, Everyone can go to, to, to the, and check it out right now and click on the funding rounds. That alone is an impressive mm-hmm. list that can, that doesn't get you excited about what's happening in our province right now. I don't know what would. If you're, if you have yeah. any interest in, 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 in these, in these, in these areas. So going forward for you, you know, you're, 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 you're in, you're now, you're now talking in years versus months. You've grown up to, to be 14 months old or 15 months old. Um, is it continuing to grow the platform? Is it continuing to increase your awareness? Like from, a, from, you are still a business unto yourself, right? Or you're, yeah. you're, you have a, you have a mission and an objective and you've got a hack, whether you like that mm-hmm. acronym or not. Um, what's <laughs> next, what, what's, what's next for you guys and in, increase awareness or increase services or all, all, all of the Above. Yeah, we we spent a good amount of time focusing on the the platform, right? It is a young database, and so we we leapt bounds um, through a couple of quarters of looking at the integrity of it. It's all good. Um, the algorithm is growing faster and stronger, and so now we're looking at our state of the innovation ecosystem report, which is going to drop at the end of the year. And where we're doing a look back on all things innovation, all things tech, how it's grown year over year. And um, from there on, we move into a cadence of quarterly briefs. So you'll, you'll be familiar, Alberta Enterprise Corp releases its biannual deal flow study. And now through the Start Alberta Deal Flow platform, we have an opportunity to, with our sponsors, um, share the up. Uh, the, the progress in more frequent releases, right? To get that out more, more, more frequent than biannual so that we can move it mainstream as I've been, as I've been so excited to do. So that's coming up at the end of the year. And, um, these start Alberta tech awards that are sponsored by ATB financial and SAIT. Um, they, those are coming up at the end of November. Um, so we're excited to continue to bring, uh, best-in-class speakers and um, experienced founders who can look back and say, hey, here's how I did it. Here's what happened to me along the journey through the start. <laughs> I definitely do this. Yeah. So we're excited to do that. And of course, just the reporting of the state of the innovation ecosystem on a quarterly basis is uh, something we're really looking forward to. Um, I'm really, and it, 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 I'm saying it maybe almost redundantly because you've already expressed, but the fact that this is not behind a paywall, the fact that this is accessible, yeah. that I can just log in and it does, it does give you a handful of page views and, and gets you then to log in and it asks you, do you want to receive regular information? I love how inclusive and accessible this is that there's a point where I'm like, okay, when am I going to have to pay? When am I going to have to pay? You know, we all have that niggling and, oh, a 30 day sign up, but give us your credit card and we won't charge you unless what we know you will, you know, in the case that you guys aren't doing that. So I do really appreciate that. And uh, kudos to all of your sponsors and you've given yeah. some of them a shout out. These things only exist because somebody pays, like these aren't free. Somebody has to pay for it somewhere. But the fact you're giving like wide open access, there's no amount of research you couldn't do here if you really wanted to find out what was going on. Company names, founders, who's doing what. Go- Between this and LinkedIn, you could really get in touch with anybody in a couple clicks. And that's also yeah. Alberta, right? Nothing's more than a couple clicks away. <laughs> it of seems course. to me, it seems to me. Mm-hmm. We are the only... Region in the world, I think Dealroom has 
upwards of 60 clients, but we are the only place in the world where this is um, supported through sponsors, right? So I've mentioned oh, ATV and SAIT. Oh. Yeah. And then, of course, we've got a consortium of Edmonton-based sponsors. So we've got four economic development sponsors um, who have come to the table, as well as Calgary. Um, we've got Calgary Economic Development Platform. In Edmonton, there's Innovate Edmonton, the Edmonton Screen Industries Office, um, Edmonton Global, and uh, Health Cities all came to the table. So that, I think, in and of itself is very unique because for most places all over the world, um, mentioned some of those that I talked to, this is a line item on their PL in Alberta. This is stood up by sponsors who um, see the strategic importance and are very like minded. It does to me show a little bit of that we're in this together and that there is a collaboration and there is, I still think it's one of our superpowers and some people are like, oh, it's like that in every ecosystem. People help out. I'm like, I don't know. I've lived in other parts of the world. There's a, there's a, I might not be able to help you, but I know someone who can let me introduce you thing that goes on in Alberta that I do think is yeah. one of our superpowers, like a hundred percent. Agree. Agree. Yes, that's very true. And I do, I do love it. Biggest, uh, biggest small town ever. And there's something about that, you know, whether you like your neighbor or not, you're going to help them if they need help. Cause that's what you do. Cause your neighbors, yeah. and it sounds so small townish, but I love it because it is a superpower. And if I look at how much we've changed and evolved over the last three years and looking at your platform is a little bit validating to me to see all this kind of come together. And oh, I'm I started down this Tyler. rabbit hole of going, oh, I'm going to have a podcast and talk to business people. Like I knew nothing that was going on. And the more I met, the more everybody's connected. It's one degree of separation. And that is this platform just really kind of brings all that together. So I'm loving it. I'm really excited. I'm, I'm exploring the platform even as we're chatting. I'm getting more excited about it. Good. So glad awesome. you and I got a chance to meet and love I love this is going on. And of course, this is happening in Alberta and it's come together this way because it, kind of, it kind of makes sense, which is a good thing. Um, any last messages for anybody that you want to share that's maybe like hasn't visited the platform and if they don't have a reason after this episode, they haven't been paying attention or they're just not in it at all. But any kind of key takeaways that you would like to give anybody just about your mission and what, you know, what gets you the most excited and, and you know, the clearly the passion that you're putting behind this yourself. Yeah. So if for anyone who's looking to make their next big move, right, whether that's um, any of our stakeholders, of course, I touched on entrepreneurs, investors, and policymakers look to the platform because truly within just a few clicks, uh, it is available. And then look to the speakers that we are bringing in because their stories and how they're involved gives you firsthand access into the a quickly growing subsegment of the province, whether our stakeholders are students um, who are looking for their next internship or their next employer or an aspiring entrepreneur come to us, visit the website, visit the platform. Um, and like I said, we really want to make this ubiquitously accessible. That's awesome. Hey, curious, your events, are you, are they virtual? Are they in person? Are you uh, the big debate right now of what, what constitutes an event and where the world is headed? What do you, what yeah. have you guys, what have you guys done or decided to do on your speaker events? Yeah. So there are a couple that we'll definitely do online. Um, but we are exploring the, a new world, which is truly hybrid, right? So because we have the focus of Alberta, we're exploring things like, can we do watch parties of our speaker sessions that mm -hmm. then allow those in Edmonton to convene over a drink and have and see the, the event take place or uh, online. So I think we can give ourselves the flexibility of exploring what works best. 
Mm, I, I love it. Yeah, there's there's so many different formulas and it's not yeah. what's right or what's wrong. It's like what's best for the situation or what's best for our audience. And the, I think what makes it harder is it, there isn't one answer. You've got to think through everything. You're like, well, maybe this is an in-person event and this is a watch and we do it in Edmonton once and then Calgary the next time. Like, There is no one size fits all anymore. And I think for a lot of companies, that in itself is challenging. <laughs> they can't just hit everything with the same, well, this is the way we do such and such. Well, that got blown up pretty significantly in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fixed versus flexible mindset. We can do there a whole episode. We yeah. can do a whole, uh, yeah, infinite versus <laughs> finite. We can do a whole episode on just those buzzwords alone. Samantha, yeah. so nice meeting you. I love your passion. I love this platform. I, this is like, it's one of those like how, how you know, this is exactly what we needed. So kudos to you guys and all your sponsors for coming together to make this happen. And uh, I will be sharing Thank it you. with as many people. Uh, it's going to be my standard. Hey, before you come on the show, go and look at the platform so we can have something really solid to talk about. No, no, uh, yeah, no, no just point of views anymore. We need some data to, to back it up. Right, so, exactly. Well, 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 well done. And thanks for coming on the show. It was a pleasure chatting. Good to get to know you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, for, I will absolutely. So start Alberta, check it out. Just Google it, startalberta.ca. Go on, navigate it. If you're not doing it right now, do it before you do it sometime today before it, slip, before it slips into the, into the many to-do list we all have. This is a great platform. Thanks, Samantha. Thanks so much. 